This is Channel 253. In this episode of We Art Tacoma. Inafamaule really simply means to just treat each other in a good way. Um, you know, I mean, another way to define it is, is, is harmony and interconnectedness. And, and so the prayer that I'm offering is an acknowledgement of each of the four elements and kind of wanting to speak to the ancestors of whoever is witnessing the peace and whoever may be influenced by it or, or touched by it be contacted by their ancestors to come into their ancestral knowing and, and to find that place of, of acting within, within balance so that we can stop desecrating life on this planet. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. This is the We Art Tacoma podcast. Welcome back to another episode of We Art Tacoma. I'm your host, Eric Hanberg. I'm producer Doug. How are you, producer Doug? Well, you can't see it, uh, fellow listeners out there, but I'm I'm in I'm in a David Lynch room right now in my Zoom. I was going to ask you background. about your Zoom background. Yeah. It's uh, it's quite a thing. I'm in the red room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're talking uh, about the Tacoma Ocean Fest. This has been an event for the past two years in person, and they're taking it virtual this Sunday. We talked to the executive director, Rosemary Ponaconti, and one of the uh, performing artists, uh, Dakota, and learn more about his background um, and uh, more. So let's give it a listen. All right. I am here with Rosemary Ponaconti, who was on uh, the podcast earlier uh, this year, in the in, way long ago in the before times, to talk about uh, art criticism in Tacoma. And I'm happy to have her on again to talk about uh, Tacoma Ocean Fest. So welcome to the podcast, Rosemary. Thanks, Eric. It's good to be back. Yeah. So tell me, uh, how did Tacoma Ocean Fest get started? So I started Tacoma Ocean Fest, oh, I first got the idea three years ago, four years ago now. And I mean, I, I grew up by the, I grew up by the beach. I'm Australian and I love swimming, love the ocean, love ocean animals. But it was really just a few years ago that I began to be really more aware of the damage that humans are doing to the ocean, mm-hmm. like whole, um, whole acres of plastic trash and the damage that climate change does, warming up the ocean, species extinction, our amazing orcas out here in the sound who don't have enough food to eat. And I thought to myself, what, you know, what can one person do about all that? They seem huge problems. And at the time I was changing jobs. I was moving from the News Tribune to um, other work. And I thought, well, you know, actually I know a lot of arts people in this town. I know a lot of scientists. I could start a festival. It sounds kind of crazy. And never having done a festival before, I thought it would be fine. And so yeah. I did it and actually, and actually it worked. And so 2018, 2019, we had in-person festivals down there at the Foss Waterway Seaport. And it was a one-day free event full of music and dance, 
visual art, storytelling, plus scientists giving talks and what I call eco booths, you know, like environmental groups Mm -hmm. who have booths, um, not selling stuff, but telling us how they protect the ocean and how we can all help them. And all this came together uh, along with just having fun on the water, you know, kayaking and paddling and stuff. But of course, we couldn't do that this year. Right. So, so we postponed it. It's usually in June on World Ocean Day. And I thought, what the heck am I going to do? And I decided to, to put it all online because the ocean is still there. The problems are still there. The yes. solutions are still there yes. with all of us. And I think we all still really need a place where we can celebrate and connect and come together and be joyful. And the arts help us do that despite all the sorrow and devastation of COVID-19. Uh, that's that's really well said. And I just want to commend you on uh, the event. I went in uh, 2018 for the first year. And so it was it was a new thing. I had no idea like what it was going to be like, really. And and you really <laughs> blew blew my expectations out of the water. I think that there's a sense in Tacoma that like the first year of an event, you know, you're lucky if you get three tents together and 50 people. Um, and you had uh, the Foss Waterway Seaport fully activated indoors, outdoors. Um, it was it was it was like what an event has been like, you know, after 10 years in the making. So I was really impressed uh, with how you put that together. Oh, well, thanks for saying that. And I was so impressed at how the Tacoma community just came together and not just Tacoma, it was like people from all over, even somebody from like Georgia, <laughs> I don't know how they got here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it really was Tacoma. And this, uh, this event could really only happen in Tacoma. I have to say it's because of personal connections, because people are friends, because people really feel, they do feel connected to the waterway here. And obviously our own little part of the ocean yeah. down here. Yeah. Um, I think that this event is also, um, it does seem to me from, 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 from the outside, from someone who only knows you, you know, a little bit, but has known you for a very long time. Um, it seems very you, I mean, your Instagram feed is full of you jumping into the ocean. It seems like, uh, and you also have this arts background and you have an arts performer side where, um, if I understand you're playing, is it, is it the cello? What, what instrument do you play? I actually play the double bass. The double bass, so, okay. Shout out here to double bass versus cello. I love <laughs> sorry, cello. sorry, sorry. I, I might have walked into something okay. I did not know was a thing. I apologize. <laughs> it's it's fine. It's a double bass player thing. The double bass is actually an octave lower, deeper than the cello. Got it. Uh, and it's twice as big. And I think it's twice as it big. Is, it, so, yes. it looks big, yes. <laughs> I do play that. I play other instruments like piano and organ. And yes, I do like jumping off things into water, I confess. (laughs) Um, And yeah, and I I obviously love the arts and I know a whole lot about them from my career as an arts critic. Um, But I love science. And I think in another career, I might have, you know, done, I don't know, neurosurgery or something like that. It it fascinates me. And I want to support science as much as possible and, and support the truth getting out there. Yeah, they, they, it does seem like they go really well together and people often think of them as being far apart, but I see a lot of uh, similarities and, and, you know, great science writing is artistic and you can use principles of art to illuminate what is happening in the science world, even if it's just, you know, making sure the graph looks good or whatever it is. Um, absolutely agree. So what... Um, what are some of the things that someone might expect to see or do this year with Tacoma Ocean Fest? 
So the first thing you need to know is that it's all, almost all, online on our website, tacomaoceanfest.org. And it's almost all happening on Sunday, September the 13th, kind of like a real festival would happen. So during the course of that Sunday the 13th, we have a lineup kind of every half an hour of music video premieres, dance video premieres, uh, what we call Ocean X speakers, which is kind of like TEDx, but about the ocean. Nice. Right? I have scientists, scientists and artists. We've, we've got a very cool um, climate scientist, Judy Tweet, who puts climate data to music, um, that kind of thing. Uh, we have our youth story contest finalists, so their poetry, their film. We um, have virtual art tours of the art that's actually physically installed at the museum right now. We're just, we're putting it up right now, uh, but we're going to capture that in video format. We've got artist live streams uh, from our Instagram. Um, we've got the eco booths and instead of being actual booths, they're going to be little videos with fun activities that you can do at home. And then uh, this cool ocean action game where you can play online uh, and answer very easy questions <laughs> um, <laughs> for prizes and instant giveaways and things. So they're the things that are all happening on that Sunday the 13th online. But there's actually two parts of it that are happening in, in the real world. Yay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we always um, have a beach cleanup the day before Ocean Fest. And this year, to make it safe and socially distant, we're partnering with the uh, Tacoma Shoreline Survey. And that's uh, Ken Campbell from the Akatsu Project who organizes this every year. <clears throat> you sign up. You can sign up on our website, TacomaOceanFest.org. And you choose your own little section of beach anywhere around Tacoma that's different from somebody else's, right? You put on your mask, you go out there, you pick up your trash, and there's a cool little phone app that you can record the trash count on, which all goes into the science part of it. And then the other cool thing that we're doing in person is because we can't do kayaking and paddleboarding and all that kind of thing together, we are hosting a photo challenge called Tacoma Splash. Oh. So we are challenging everybody, to, including you, Eric, okay. to get out there sometime that weekend, the 12th or 13th of September. Wade, swim, jump, paddle, whatever is safe for you to do, somehow in the water, take a fun photo, upload it with the hashtag Tacoma Splash to social media, and we'll be picking the best of them and handing out prizes. Wow. Well, challenge accepted. <laughs> I we have a, we often uh, find ourselves down on the beach at uh, Jack Hyde Park uh, on weekends and enjoy. It's 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 one of those few sand, sandy places to where you can just wade in and uh, it's a nice it's a nice spot. So that's good to know. I our, I don't have a stand up paddleboard. Every time I get on it, I feel like I'm a little a little unsteady. Not as much as I would have, would like to be, but it it is it is fun to just be out there on the water like that. That's yeah. great. However, however you get in touch with it, I think it's partly fun, but it's also, it helps us all realize what's there and that there's a whole other world down there. Yeah. There. And, and I, I, I encounter that a lot from um, actually one of your uh, speakers, which is Dean Burke, who is the head of uh, the Tacoma uh, Convention and Visitor Bureau. Um, but he is such an advocate for connecting to the water um, and really getting, you know, getting in it and seeing the life that's out there. It's pretty, um, it's, it's, uh, he's, he definitely makes it look accessible in a way that, uh, that is inspiring. That's so true. And he makes it, he, he gives us a, a kind of a 
swimmer's eye view of it. He's literally out there with these kind of crazy open water swimmers that spend hours and hours out there in the water, but he gets jellyfish and seals and amazing wave action and makes you feel like you're out there. But the thing about Dean, as he'll talk about in the live stream and on the video art tour, is that this is only possible if we take care of the water. He has a history that goes back to when Tacoma was the first EPA toxic cleanup site, yep. the super fun site. Um, and he remembers where you you just wouldn't do that. You wouldn't splash, wade, swim because it's it was a yeah. mess of pollution. So that's kind of the, the underlying current of that. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. Um, I want to also so so you do have some artists. You mentioned uh, someone who's going to set climate. Uh, to music, and uh, we're going to meet one of your other artists here in a second. Do you just want to mention who we're going to meet after the break? Absolutely. One of our dancers, I'm so happy that he's dancing for Tacoma Ocean Fest, is Dakota Alcantara Camacho. He is a local, and he is not only a phenomenal dancer, but he's a scholar and very, um, very deep into Mateo Chamoru culture, which is the indigenous culture of Guam. And he incorporates that into his dance in a way that is incredibly poetic and deeply connected to the, the earth and the ocean. Wonderful. Well, let's take a, a sponsor break. And then when we come back, uh, we'll talk more with you and also get to know Dakota. Hello, this is producer Doug Mackey of Channel 253. The worst earthquake I've been in was the 2001 Nisqually quake. What I remember most about that day was watching the building shake, feeling the ground beneath me move, and watching everyone around me diving for cover. I'll never forget that experience. But it's been almost 20 years since then, and we all need to build muscle memory so that in the next earthquake, we don't panic and run out the door or something and get hit by falling debris. So do it for real with the Great Washington Shakeout on October 15th at 10.15 a.m. Plan ahead. Will your drill be at home, work, or elsewhere? Wherever you are, everyone in the state is encouraged to take a minute to drop, cover, and hold on, just like you would in a real earthquake. Again, the Shakeout is scheduled for 10.15 a.m. on October 15th. Got that? 10.15 on 10.15, easy to remember. You can learn more and get earthquake preparedness tips at shakeout.org slash Washington. Thank you to the Great Washington Shakeout for sponsoring this episode of Channel 253. All right. Thank you to our sponsor and thank you to the members of Channel 253 who support this podcast. With uh, your support of $4 a month or $40 a year, we're uh, keeping this on the air, independent media in Tacoma. We really appreciate it. Channel253.com slash membership. And we are back here with Rosemary Ponaconti again, uh, who uh, we just learned about Tacoma Ocean Fest. And now we're joined um, by one of the artists who will perform on Sunday. Dakota, welcome to the podcast. Off I die. Thanks for having me. Uh, can you uh, share a little bit about yourself and, and what brings you to this work? Sure. Um, yeah. So greetings, everybody. Off um, I die. Guahusirakota Camacho, Mengafin Tse, it's an egging zoo, Tautamongmon, Tomhomes, and Hagatnyadzu, 
Yeah, so my name is Dakota Camacho. Um, I am Matthau. I'm indigenous to the archipelago that is called Ludwas Zengani. Um, at the moment, where, where is that? Yeah, um, Ludwas Zengani is the indigenous name for the archipelago that is currently and momentarily called the Marianas Islands. Mm. So we are. Um, we com- we are comprised of fifteen islands that have that are split into two different nations that have two different political relationships to the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, part of our country is an incorporated territory of the United States with a Commonwealth government, um, and then the other is an unincorporated territory, um, which is to say that I mean I think about them both as colonies of the United States, but the unincorporated right. territory having a little bit less rights. Um, right. I also introduced to you the names of my clans, which are Tse and Egging, and the villages that I'm from, which are Tomhom, Monmong, and Hagatnya. And also wanted to share that I was born and raised here on Turtle Island, born on the lands of the Snohomish, raised in the Swinomish, Shwedab, and Dokobsh, where I currently live. Um, what, um, go ahead. What's the, what's the name of the language that, that you were speaking when, when you introduced yourself that way? Yeah, so I, that language is called Finohadza and is also sometimes called Chamorro. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the language of our people. It, uh, it's, it's beautiful. I, I hadn't heard it before. Um, did, you, did you grow up speaking it or is it something that, that you learned later in life, you know, reconnecting or something like that? Yeah. My grandparents and the and the old people that took care of me spoke that language around me, um, and as you as you might know, or maybe you don't, the many indigenous languages, including our language, was illegalized and banned and criminalized. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was that's to say that there was a U.S. policy um, of an attempt to um, to erase and kill our language. Um, and I am, I am a speaker of the language, um, despite that. Yeah. Wow. Um, and I think, uh, um, I, I, I really appreciate you sharing that. So thank you. Tell me about your artistic journey. How did you start getting into, um, dance and the world of the arts? Yeah. I mean, I was always... I was always exposed to to the arts as a young person. My grandmother is a is a Texa, and so she is a she is no longer in this plane of existence. Um, she's her soul is carried on, but um, she, her, one of her roles in our community was to um, conduct the the funeral rites, um, which involves you know different kinds of prayer and singing and songs. Um, and then my family also had a, had a cultural dance group, um, that was, um, started in, in the nineties. So I, I, I started dancing in that group as a, as a three-year-old. Wow. Um, 
And yeah, just I've always loved um, art and creativity. Uh, I definitely, you know, I, I talked a little bit about the, the U.S. policy um, of trying to kill our language. Well, it wasn't just our language. It was also our culture and our ways of being. Um, and which has led to my family's dispossession of our land and us migrating here to this continent. Um, and so I, I, I talk about that because the, the art forms that I learned as a young person or not the, like the quote unquote traditional art forms of our people. I have a lot of, I think that the, the idea of tradition in a lot of ways and in, in a lot of contexts actually can be quite troubling and, and, and not very useful, but, I, I want to I just want to note that because the, the there has been an attack against Mapdao and Chamorro people's creativity and, and, and against our culture to try and um, disconnect us from our ancestral heritage. Um, my creative journey um, what is rooted in my family in my family's desire to have the stories of our place to have a connection to our land um, come through and be passed through our bodies. Um, and, and I also kind of, I also wasn't raised with this understanding, um, with this clear understanding of colonization and its impact on my people. Obviously I knew that we were displaced for some reason. Mm -hmm. Um, and as I, as I came to understand colonization and its, and its impact on my family and on my people, um, you know, I, I kind of moved into into the realm of of being a poet, um, and uh, and also I I was I came into contact with this hip hop group in Seattle by the name of Abyssinian Creole, uh, a Haitian a Haitian man and um, and an Eritrean man who were rapping about about their experiences. Um, in this country of racism, of, of migration, of um, dealing, with, uh, dealing with colonizations, um, like imposition of a kind of masculinity that, it, that is not life-giving, but life-sucking, mm-hmm. you know, and, and through contact with them and, and kind of, and, and also understanding that my people also have a tradition uh, of poetry um, and, and and storytelling and that, and that that storytelling is a way of accounting for our, for our history and for our people um, but also of receiving and and distributing prophecy um, I, I, I I grew a, I grew a kinship um, back to that to that tradition and and in a lot of ways I'm, I'm kind of going full circle because from that kind of part of my journey, I, I went back into dance and then um, I was able to visit my homeland for the first time when I was 20 years old. And I connected with an oral history project back wow. in Guahan at the University of Guahan. Um, and I became a part of that oral history project. Um, and that project conducted, conducts ourselves primarily through our language and through what we call traditional style chant. Um, and so now I'm a, I'm a language teacher and I'm a language teacher. I'm a core member of the research group for the oral history project. And um, I'm also an instructor. And the research that I carry out in the group is primarily 
looking at ways of um, of kind of expanding on the pro- the the twenty plus years of research into doing cultural reclamation work um, and figuring out ways to I- integrate um, to integrate art forms that are not necessarily indigenous to the land from which we come from, um, but might be able to uh, give us insight um, into our ancestral worldview. Um, and that's, that's what informs my, my creative practice now. Wow. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really intrigued and I, and I want to learn a little bit more. Do you, do you see a, an element of, um, for lack of a better word, uh, you know, resistance in, in the art that you do? Or is it, is it against something as much as, as it is for the preservation of it? Like, like, how do you conceive of that? Well, I don't really, I mean, first thing is I, I don't really believe in the idea of preservation. Like okay. preserve, pre- preserves is like you're, you're, you're saving something at the, at the edge of life. Mummified and, or something like that. Um, yeah. To me, you know, culture is about what is about what's living. It's about being in relationship to the natural cycles of the earth. And my my work is is all about creating ways of relate of relating um, to life itself and of understanding our relationship to life itself through our relationship to ourselves, to our own bodies, to our ancestors, to the land that we're in, to the land that we're from. Um, and, and of course, of, and I I don't, I don't think that I'm resisting anything that's natural. (laughs) What, what the, the frame of resistance comes not because of anything that I'm doing or that my people are doing inherently. It comes because there is an ongoing attempted genocide against native peoples all across this planet. And so because we operate in that context, um, of course, our existence itself is resistance. Um, it's also resilience and it's also creative, mm. you know, to, to operate, to operate in, in a world that is built upon the extraction, dispossession and murder of indigenous peoples uh, is inherently a creative act because we're having to create the life that is that that the system is trying to rob from us at every breath. What what how are you um bringing that to to Ocean Fest on to Tacoma Ocean Fest on Sunday? How how does that inform uh, your art that we might uh, be able to see performed this weekend? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm really grateful to Rosemary. We we met maybe one time in the flesh. Um, and, um, I think Rosemary almost immediately invited me to find out more about the Tacoma Ocean Fest. Um, yeah, I, I was pretty quick off the mark, but then I also <laughs> saw you dance. I saw you dance at the Forterra, um, mm. ampersand. I was just blown away. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was, so I'm really grateful for the invitation, you know, to be a part of this, it, you know, the work that I'm doing right now in a lot of ways the work that you saw at, at Ampersand Live and the kind of body of work that I'm invested in at the moment is, is really looking at my, my personal experience, my family's experience of, 
of connection to this land and to this place. And so all of the indigenous peoples who have um, kind of um, opened up a space to be in relationship with them. Um, and so when I was reflecting on my relationship to the ocean, you know, I, 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 I thought about a, a lot of different elements, you know, my, my immediate, my young, my, my young self, um, you know, living with my grandparents and my elders um, who, and my, my parents who would go and, and fish in the Salish, in the Salish Sea, fish, clam, shrimp, crab, um, and you know we ha we had this ancestral practice that that we carried on in this land of communally um, communally going and collecting food and then splitting it up um, based off of need, mm. right? And we we practiced that outside of our land, and we practiced it outside of our land because we we no longer had access to that because of the the history. Uh, of dispossession, um, militarization, state-sponsored drug trafficking, uh, environmental racism. Um, and I'm thinking about how my family's dispossession of our land from the place where we would have practiced this, this I think, really natural form of, of community. Um, we cannot practice that in our ancestral land right now because of U.S. militarization. And when I think about what's happening in Guahan right now with the U.S. military buildup, um, where they're, they're, it's the largest military buildup on the island since the Vietnam War, they are trying to build a firing range over um, friends of mine and, and even relatives of mine, ancestral land, um, in a place called the Texan, and, which is going to threaten our, our only um, freshwater aquifer on the island. And just the, and, you know, the one thing about Islanders is that, you know, we, we don't think about the ocean as something that divides us. We think about it as something that, that connects us. Mm -hmm. And so thinking about the connection between, you know, the, what the U.S. military is doing in Guahan right now, attempting to do and how they're not listening to, to our voices and, um, and how that has led to the, you know, the taking of, of our lands and, the, you know, they conduct they they bomb our islands every year. Um, they do live fire range testing already. Um, and I think about that pollution and, and the impact that that's having on my people, on my family, you know, my cousins that were born with rare cancers, my grandparents and my, my uncle who've died, you know, way before their time because of that. And I think about the dispossession of Native peoples in this areas from their land and, um, you know, and the militarization of, of this place, this kind of part of the world that we're in, whether that's with the U.S. military bases that are that are down there in Tacoma or through the militarization of, um, of black and brown neighborhoods through the police. Um, I, I, the piece that I wanted to offer was like, a, was a prayer, is a prayer um, to bring us back into balance with a way of being, um, you know, of uh, what we call Inafa Maulik. And Inafa Maulik really simply means to just treat each other in a good way. Um, you know, I mean, another way to define it is, is, is harmony and interconnectedness. And, and so the prayer that I'm offering is an acknowledgement of each of the four elements and 
kind of wanting to speak to the ancestors of whoever is witnessing the piece and whoever may be influenced by it or or touched by it um to have everybody that is touched by it be contacted by their ancestors to come into their ancestral knowing of, of and and to be in the power of their ancestral knowing um and and to find that place of of acting within within balance so that we can stop desecrating life on this planet yeah i want to i want to just throw in there that um i was present just we we recorded this just a few days ago down there on the dock near the foss waterway seaport and uh dakota dancing this prayer um this with all this ritual right there on the water it was high tide and i could as i was standing there watching uh, chris cruz uh, video videograph this i could feel like the dark sway um, with the water beneath my feet and the power of being connected to that water in which i stood even though i didn't grow up here it's not my native place but reconnecting with that um visually and physically through this dance was just it was really really powerful to me so i want to thank dakota for bringing that to us at ocean Test. Right. Thank you. So, so it sounds like, um, you know, I, I guess as, as I try to picture picture what uh, Ocean Fest is going to be like, um, we'll have uh, some some of these pre recorded things. So it's not just going to be like a live Zoom call. It's going to be like really professionally produced uh, videos of of uh, the artists uh, performing right there where where Ocean Fest might have actually been had we uh, been able to be be there. That, ex- that was my exact goal. You nailed it, Eric. I wanted to recreate <laughs> online the feeling of actually being at the festival. And so, uh, yes, most of it is professionally pre-recorded. Big thanks to Chris Cruz of Cruz Creative for all that hard work. And so uh, videos like Dakota's, and we have so much more music and dance and aerial circus. Yes, they are pre-produced, but they are premiering on that day, most of them. Uh, the There are going to be some live elements like the Instagram live streams with the artists and cool. three Zoom talks with the speakers. And so that that will be your usual Zoom experience. But um, then you get to actually chat with these people kind of the way you would if you went to their talk at the festival yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's really wonderful. Um, Dakota or Rosemary, is there anything else you want to want to share about uh, what to expect or what you're looking forward to or excited about on Sunday? You know, I, w- what I didn't mention about the piece that I offered was... Um, you know, I, I have the opportunity to to work to collaborate with one of the frontline activists in Guahan who's organizing against the U.S. military buildup. Her name's Maria Hernandez, and her voice is is featured in the sound score of, of my performance. And um, yeah, I just I, I I wanted to just highlight her, her and the work of Putehi Latetsa and Sabertidian, which is the grassroots um, direct action group that is um, leading leading that effort to stop the U.S. military buildup. Um, and uh, just, you know, just say that, you know, my work as an individual artist is, is just one part of a whole ecosystem of, of really brilliant um, indigenous artists. And um, I, you know, that for me, that the, the, the offering of my work is, is my intention is to figure out a way to, you know, to be, building community you know with, with people so i just wanted to highlight highlight her work and the, the work of protehi latetzin and sabertidian 
Yeah. And that's anyone great. that's listening that, you know, wants to support our effort, you can just follow the pages on, on um, Facebook. Thank you. And, and if, is there a place people can, can connect with you online or social media that, that you would uh, suggest for people? Sure. Yeah. Um, my website is just my first and last name. It's DakotaCamacho.com. And you can get on my mailing list there. Um, the other way to be in touch with me on social media is um, at Infinite Dakota. So, okay, thank you, Rose, Rosemary. What do What do you want to add about uh, the the Sunday? I guess I just want to wrap up by saying that um, the really deep meaning of Ocean Fest is is something that Dakota expressed perfectly just now, and also through his dance, which is deep relationship and connection to each other and to the water and to the land that we live in and this is something that we need to feel and know and experience in order to care for it you can't protect something that you don't feel connected to or care about and we we literally are the we are ocean every second breath we breathe is oxygen that is produced by marine algae in the ocean so uh, scientifically that bears out and ethically and morally that bears out too and now artistically so and that's that's not just Dakota saying that that's a lot of our artists and scientists who are saying that people like Sally Brownfield, who's a Squatson tribe elder. She's one of our uh, Ocean X Zoom talk speakers. She's saying that uh, we have Paul Chiotican Wagner, who's a Native American flutist from the Sarnish tribe. That's exactly what he says in his music too. Um, uh, that Maricela Fletes Lear, who is a flamenco dancer from Cuba, uh, that she literally just recorded a video saying that is exactly what she's saying. This deep connection that we're all part of the ocean. We're all connected to each other. And that's the way that we uh, can protect our world is by feeling that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, I will put some links in uh, the show notes, um, but I would encourage everyone listening to uh, make some time on Sunday for Tacoma Ocean Fest. Check it out. Thank you, Rosemary, and uh, thank you, Dakota, for both sharing of, of your time and uh, your stories. And uh, I'm really excited about this. So thanks again. Thanks, Eric. Yeah. Miguel for having us. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. We Art Tacoma is part of the Channel 253 Podcast Network. Check out our other shows, Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, Move to Tacoma, Taco Man, Flounder's B-Team, Crossing Division, Citizen Tacoma, What Say You, and Gimme the Mic. This is Channel 253.